right, it's good to have each one of you here today for our Sunday morning Bible study period. Beautiful morning outside. And we are starting today a new quarter, spring quarter. So uh, what's our study during this, this quarter, this spring quarter, what's it going to be on? Thessalonian letters, the church at uh, Thessalonica, city of Thessalonica. Uh, open your books up and turn to about the, I guess, third page in the book. And there's an introduction to the study, the Thessalonian letters, that we'll kind of quickly look at and go through. And then we'll move on into lesson one today. Uh, Brandon, can you put my screen on my laptop on the screen because there's a map, a little map we're going to look at today. There we go. Thank you. All right, so the Thessalonian letters on that introduction page. Today we're going to be studying not out of um, the Thessalonian letters, but we'll be looking today at a chapter in Acts. It's going to be Acts chapter 17. Uh, that kind of gives us a good background of um, the writing of these letters and what was going on and happening with Paul and his traveling companions. So it begins there with uh, the statement, Luke's account of the church in Thessalonica um, is re rather brief, actually, in, in Acts um, 17. Luke does tell us that um, Paul spent how much time there? Not a lot of time. Three weeks. Three Sabbaths uh, in the city of Thessalonica. Um, and uh, while he was there, he was teaching and preaching. And uh, what was the, the theme, the subject of his teaching? Christ. He was uh, teaching and preaching about God's plan for the coming of Christ and how Christ had come. And Christ was the Messiah. So as we're going to find out more about today when we get into the lesson, uh, it wasn't long after Paul arrives in Thessalonica that um, some problems began to happen. What kind of problems? Persecution. Persecution. Persecution arises against Paul, which had happened in other places. And uh, so as we're going to read today and study, Paul then was forced, after spending about three weeks in Thessalonica, he was forced to move on to the city of Berea, which wasn't too far away. But he goes on to say those three weeks were important. Uh, for what reason? People were converted. Even though he was only there a short time, there were people there in Thessalonica that were converted. Some of them were persuaded, and there was a church begun. Church was uh, started there in the city of Thessalonica. So later on, Paul sends that church. He writes to them two letters that are often assumed um, to be the first letters, the first epistles written in the New Testament. And those are the ones that we have today as First and Second Thessalonians. And in those letters, he deals with um, problems that were happening and occurring in the, the church at Thessalonica. 
Uh, he also deals with matters he didn't have time to talk about and cover while he was there with them for three weeks. So uh, it tells us in the next paragraph, in, in chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, he begins there by praising the people for what he calls their work of faith, their labor of love, their patience of hope. Uh, he explains his methods of teaching, uh, teaching them what he did and what he did not do. He reminds them of the hardships he had suffered in his preaching, which happened there and a lot of other places. And then later on, as we're going to we're going to talk about more, he sends Timothy back to Thessalonica to check on the, the church there and find out how they were doing. And um, goes on to say that Paul's teaching for them included his desire for them to possess spiritual purity. He wanted them to be concerned about and thoughtful about each other, one another. And it says then he also addressed what must have been for them a great concern. Uh, and what was that on the next page there at the top? They were concerned about uh, death and what was going to happen after death, life after death. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now that that's going to be our subject that we're going to deal with in depth on the first Sunday in April. Uh, death and then life after death. And then in the second letter to them, he addresses the judgment. Uh, he deals with the dangers of apostasy, falling away uh, from being faithful. Uh, he deals with idleness. So he says there at the end, these two letters have a special importance. They are addressed to uh, what actually was the first church to be established where? In the continent of Europe, Thessalonica is part of Europe. Uh, so the church, uh, this is an example of church growing and spreading. So any thoughts or comments there about the little introduction to the, the study? All right, then flip over to lesson one, which starts on page one. And we're going to look at uh, the Thessalonian church. This is, the text is Acts 17 today, verses 1 through 15. Jason read the first four verses of it. So flip over to the introduction on page 2. And it tells us there uh, that Paul came to Thessalonica. Uh, which missionary journey was he on when he arrives there? That was the second. Second missionary journey. Uh, around AD 50 to 51, and uh, before his arrival, before he got to Thessalonica, he had spent some time in the city of Philippi. So I've got a few places here on the map. That's a kind of a blown-up map of the section that we're kind of looking at today. Uh, so there's Philippi right there on the map where he spent some time before he comes to Thessalonica. Um, what happened to Paul and Silas and Philippi? They had some trouble there. They got put in prison. They were wrongfully imprisoned. Uh, they got released from prison the very next day, 
But uh, Paul did not want to leave Philippi without doing what? Clearing up the, Clearing up the matter. Uh, and so he goes to and speaks openly with the magistrates of the city. Uh, and then it says, after they had seen the brethren and encouraged them and they cleared up the problems, having done nothing wrong, then they leave the city of Philippi, he and Silas. So from Philippi, Paul and his team, they then make their way southwest. There's a major highway called the Via Ignatia, I guess it's pronounced. And that was a main trade route um, on the highway or highway from Rome to the east. And so they follow that route and so they pass through See the dotted line, that's the route we're talking about there. Amphipolis, and then they pass through the city of Apollonia, and then eventually after that, they come to right there is Thessalonica. There's an arrow there pointing to the location of it. So Thessalonica was the, the capital of what what region? What country? Macedonia, capital of Macedonia. Um, little city or big place? Big, big, big city. For that time, it was Thessalonica was a good-sized city. Uh, Well-populated city. It was built on a crossroads, and that's one reason it was important, where trade routes intersected uh, north and south. Uh, trade routes passed through there. Uh, it was 90 miles, about 90 miles. city of Thessalonica. Um, so it says, given its location and population, population at that time was estimated to be about how many people? About 200,000 people. I mean, that's a good-sized city today. But uh, that was uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, for a city at that time. 200,000 people lived, estimated in Thessalonica. So... They were anticipating and looking forward to Thessalonica being a, a good location, a good place to do what? Preach the gospel. And the gospel they were hoping could spread because of all the people that would be passing through there on the trade routes. Good place to preach the gospel and have the gospel to spread to other places. Goes on to point out that one of the factors that... that probably attracted Paul to Thessalonica to want to go there was the existence of what place? Synagogue. You know, Paul oftentimes, as was his, his habit, his custom, when he entered a, a new town, a new city, uh, he would go first to the synagogue. Why? Jewish people would be there, religious-minded people would be there, and that would be a good place to, to begin to study with people and preach to people and talk to people uh, more about Christ. So it says, Paul began his missionary efforts here in Thessalonica by preaching and teaching in the synagogue there. goes on to point out something that H. Leo Bowles um, 
mentioned in his uh, commentary, says the Jews met in their synagogue, and since Paul, remember, was a Jew, that would give Paul access to the synagogue, and so he often went there and then preached and taught Christ. So um, what was the result of Paul's teaching and efforts in the synagogue there in Thessalonica? How did that work out? It's good. Good results. Uh, verse 4 in chapter 17 of Acts says that some of them were persuaded, a great multitude of the devout Greeks, not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. So the results there from his teaching in the synagogue were good. Uh, there were converts to Christianity. And that marked the beginning, that was the beginning of the Lord's church in Thessalonica. But as we're going to read more about, uh, persecution happened there in Thessalonica, some pretty serious problems happened, and so Paul was unable to stay there for a longer period of time. He only was there about three weeks, we said, but... Uh, one commentator says he wanted to return later to help mature them in the Lord to do additional preaching, but he was hindered. And what was that hindrance that kept Paul himself from coming back there later on? It was actually the threat of violence. Right. That was part of the problem. There was a, the threat of violence uh, against him personally, physical violence if he had gone back to preach there. So he later sends Timothy back there from Athens to, to visit the church there and to, to check on them. Uh, then Timothy later joins Paul in, in Corinth. says the news that Timothy brought Paul was basically good about the church in Thessalonica when he came back and gave his report. But it says, nevertheless, the Thessalonians needed to learn certain things uh, they needed to be encouraged and strengthened in certain ways. So Paul writes that first letter, First uh, Thessalonians, uh, to the, the church there in Thessalonica. So Acts 17 is covering the time that he spent there in the city that we're studying about today. So any, any questions or thoughts about the introduction, comments about it? All right then, let's look at the text today in Acts 17 on the next page, page 5. Paul in the synagogue. Jason read this, so we'll, we'll not read it again, but we'll read the rest of the text when we get to it. Commentary there on page 5 there says, The text does not reveal to us why Paul chose to focus his evangelistic efforts on Thessalonica rather than other places like Amphipolis and Apollonia, which were nearby. We don't know why he picked Thessalonica there. Other than mentioning, as we said, there was a synagogue there, uh, synagogue of the Jews, and that was always a good place to begin his, his work, his preaching. So the synagogue offered Paul and his companions a good place to gather, it says, with religiously minded individuals, discuss the scripture. So verse 2 that we read, Jason read, uh, says that Paul, as his custom was, went into them and the three Sabbaths, that'd be three weeks he was there, 
He reasoned with them from the scriptures. Wayne Jackson gives kind of an interesting comment on that. He says, it's possible, uh, probable, that uh, Paul's study there in the synagogue may have actually been on the order of a what? Kind of like a debate uh, would be. With Paul advancing arguments in favor of Christ, uh, kind of like he would have, have in a debate. Goes on to say down there in the bottom, last paragraph on that page, Paul's synagogue discussions in verse 3 involved his explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead. And he said, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ, the Messiah. J.W. McGarvey in his commentary um, believed uh, that Paul possibly in the synagogue did not just preach and teach Christ, but he may have also done what? He may have also worked miracles. Uh, McGarvey uh, said it's possible. He may have worked miracles in, in the name of Christ to demonstrate uh, power of Christ, who Christ is, um, says Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 5 seems to support that point and that verse says uh, for our gospel did not come to you in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. So we don't know that for certain but it's possible that uh, to demonstrate the validity of his message that Paul may have worked miracles while he was there. Had the ability. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Paul's efforts, as we said, in the synagogue were effective. We already mentioned this, that uh, people were persuaded uh, by Paul's arguments and a great many of the devout Greeks and the leading women, some of them, joined Paul and Silas, and that was the beginning of the new congregation of the church in Thessalonica. It consisted both of Jews and Greeks, men and women. It says evidently others were converted from paganism. So any thoughts, comments there, questions about uh, first four verses there in the text about Paul teaching in the synagogue. All right then, let's go back and read 5 through 9. And that's going to be about some of the difficulty and problems that happened to Paul in Thessalonica. 5 through 9, verse 5. But the Jews who were not persuaded coming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, 
These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. Verse 8, And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. There we have what happened, some of the problems and difficulties that happened there uh, to Paul and the others with him. So he was met with persecution there in Thessalonica. Commentary says there on page 6. Um, what happened? What was the, what was the problem? There were Jews there that, of course, disagreed with Paul and his teaching and were envious and not persuaded and were against Paul. And so they went out and rounded up some, some wicked, evil men in the marketplace. I guess that was a good place to find them. And so they gathered, as it says, rounded up a mob of people and set the city, got the city all in a big uproar over Paul and what he was preaching and teaching. And uh, one, of the, one of the Christians there was named Jason, and uh, they attacked the house of Jason. Why did they do that? That's what Paul, that's where Paul had been staying. So they thought Paul would be there, and they attacked the house of Jason sought to bring them out to the people. So it says the reaction there of these unbelieving Jews, that was kind of a similar thing to what Paul dealt with elsewhere in other places that happened, uh, sadly, pretty often to him. These Jews were envious, and they joined forces with evil men, or other translations called them wicked men, bad characters, not hard to find people like that. You look uh, to stop the evangelistic efforts of Paul and his team, and they set the city in an uproar. Uh, they went to Jason's house in search of Paul. Paul wasn't there, so what did they do at Jason's house? Right. They dragged, so evidently this was a forceful type thing, they dragged Jason, the text says, and some brethren to the rulers of the city, verse 6, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Well, Jason's only crime, it says, of course, was <clears throat> providing Paul with a place to stay. But uh, this mob, they're looking for somebody to persecute, somebody to blame it all on. Uh, mob justice demanded someone suffer. So it says the accusation they made against the Christians, what was the accusation these Christians are what? They turned the world, they turned our world upside down here. They come here too. 
And it says that's interesting for two reasons. First of all, as Wayne Jackson noted, it's interesting because of the language they used, because the term world is elsewhere used to describe what? The Roman Empire. That was probably really the, the crux of their issue uh, with Paul and his teaching. Uh, that's used to designate the Roman Empire. So these Jews were hoping that the charge against Paul would carry more punch if the brethren were viewed as disturbing not just the city of Thessalonica, but the whole Roman Empire, rather than just the city. And secondly, it says the charge is interesting because it reflects both the reach and the impact of Christianity. Shows how Christianity already had, had spread, the power of it. Uh, even opponents of it acknowledged its influence because wherever the gospel was preached, what happened? Lives were changed. That's the way it should be today. Wherever the gospel was preached, lives ought to be changed. The gospel there was being preached everywhere as it ought to be today. Then over on page 8 there at the top, tells us there the specific charge against uh, Jason and the other Christians there was what? Rebellion against Caesar. Uh, so another word for that, that the commentary didn't use, but that would be treason. They were charging Jason and the other Christians with treason against the Roman Empire. Uh, and their, their justification of that is in verse 7 there, they were, they're saying that there is another king, who? Jesus. They were taking the teachings of Paul and the other Christians uh, and saying that they were teaching that there's another king, Jesus, and he goes on to point out that charge is technically accurate because Jesus is what? King of kings, Lord of lords. Uh but neither Jesus nor his followers there were trying to overthrow the Roman Empire in a treasonous way. They were not trying to do that. But the Jews were willing to, to say whatever it took, whatever was necessary to stop Paul and his traveling companions from spreading the gospel in their city. So it goes on to say to keep Thessalonica in, in good standing with Rome there in verse 9, the rulers, the leaders of the city, what did they do? They took Jason and... They took Jason and, and, and other Christians there and they took security from them before they let them go. Now, what was that? What does that mean, security? Right. That would probably be likely, it says, a pledge or a bond. That's what I thought of when I first read the verse, was like a bond that would assure the city officials that there wouldn't be any more, any more problems, any more trouble from Paul or his, his traveling companions. And then they let them go. So, any questions about those verses down through verse 9?
traditions. That's true. They're still holding on to their traditions. And what, what Paul was preaching and teaching about Christ was going against many of their traditions. That's, that's good points there. Absolutely right. All right, let's read uh, 10 through 15. Uh, that'll finish the text up. Pursue to Berea. So flip back and let's skip to verse 10. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men, but when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul at Berea, they came there also and stirred up the crowds. Then immediately the brethren sent Paul away to go to the sea, but both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul brought him to Athens and receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. So flip over to page 8 to Pursue to Berea, that section. So because of all the trouble there in Thessalonica and the persecution going on and the physical danger um, to Paul and Silas, um, it says the brethren there in verse 10 sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. That's where Paul and Silas um, are sent to when they left Thessalonica. 45 miles to the southwest of Thessalonica uh, is Berea. But it says, nevertheless, the missionaries did not go into hiding. Uh, instead, they went there, as the custom of Paul was, into the synagogue of the Jews to, to preach and teach Christ, verse 10. So how was the... How was the reception in Berea different from what they had had in Thessalonica? Absolutely. Uh, much better, different reception of the gospel than they had had in Thessalonica. Uh, so Luke writes there in verse 11, we read that these were more, these uh, in Berea were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all readiness. And he goes on to say that they searched the scriptures, and that would have been the Old Testament scriptures, but they searched the scriptures daily to find out what? To find out if what Paul was teaching and preaching was correct and true. So was that a good thing? Yeah. Sure, absolutely. That was a good thing they were doing. They were testing Paul's message uh, by the scriptures. Uh, 
McGarvey on the next page said, if the claims of Jesus are false, an honest and thorough investigation of them is the best way to prove them false. If they are true, such an investigation will be certain to convince us and to bless us. So after they had compared Paul's teaching about Christ and who Christ was to the Old Testament scriptures and no doubt all the prophecies of the coming of the Messiah, uh, what was the result of Paul's teaching in Berea? Many of them, many of them believe, also not a few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. So he makes a statement there, from the Christians in Berea, we learn that those who honestly seek to learn God's plan can do that. They were interested in doing everything they could to find out more about the gospel and what Paul was preaching. But sadly, it says in Paul's time in Berea, he was, it was, the time was cut short as we read by these same Jews in Thessalonica that it caused the uproar there, what did they do? They found out Paul was in Berea, word spread, and so they came there. They came there, and they stir up the crowds there, or try to, they're in Berea. Uh, so then because of the problem problems with that, the dangers from that, Paul was sent away by the brethren to Athens. So from Berea, up there off that little inset, there is the city of Athens, there in Greece, and Paul then was sent to Athens. It says, Silas and Timothy did not immediately leave, and then Timothy goes back to Thessalonica before making his way to Paul, who had gone on then later after that to Corinth. So, any questions or thoughts about the text today, commentary on the text? Okay, real fast, let's look at the applications and then we'll close out. Uh, first one there, we can learn much from Paul's evangelistic efforts. We mentioned his custom of teaching in the synagogues. Uh, he says we can learn the importance of, and this is a good point, building on commonly held beliefs. Because the Jews who were in those synagogues, did they believe in God? Absolutely. Uh, they accepted the Old Testament scripture as their authority. And so Paul and his teaching would begin with things that they had in common, beliefs they had in common as a springboard then to prove Jesus to be the Messiah of Old Testament prophecy. And over on the next page, the last... Uh, Application says we would also do well to imitate that uh, mentality uh, possessed by the Bereans that we mentioned. Uh, doctrines and beliefs should always be tested and measured by the scriptures. We must speak where the Bible speaks and remain silent where the Bible is silent. So any thoughts or comments about the lesson today? Good lesson. Good introduction to the study. All right, then next Sunday we'll study about exemplary Christians out of 1 Thessalonians 1. Let's close today with a prayer. Father, we're thankful this morning for our period of Bible study here together. Pray that our studies and our classes today are correct in your sight according to your word, and we pray that 
We can benefit from our studies together and put into practice things that we study and learn in our classes and make us more faithful children of yours. Father, be with us today in our worship period. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Be with each one of us today uh, through this Lord's Day. Father, we're, we're thankful for the many blessings that you give us, and we're praying for those of our number and others that, that need your care today. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. 